0: this is the InFocus Podcast from The Hindu.
1: Hello and welcome to the InFocus Podcast. My name is Jayan Sriram and I'm your host for today. In this episode, we discuss the spectrum auction that took place last week. And try and decipher the trends that it gives us for the telecom industry going forward and where things stand between the major players at this point. By most accounts and according to most commentators, the auction itself was a rather tepid affair. Only 37% of the total available spectrum was sold, and that too was bought at reserve price without any competitive bidding among the major players like Reliance Geo and Airtel. It's a sign perhaps that unlike the intense competition that existed even a few years ago among the multiple operators, we're now looking at an industry, still expanding and still with a lot of headroom to grow, but clearly also under stress in some ways and proceeding with caution. So we're going to explain a lot in this episode and try and give you the most comprehensive guide to understanding these options. Breaking down the various bands of spectrum that are available and that are being sold, What they mean for existing technologies like 3G and 4G and future technologies like 5G and why companies like Airtel and Reliance Jio are making the moves and spectrum purchases that they are. I'm joined today by the Hindu Business Line's Mumbai Bureau Chief, Thomas K. Thomas, who has covered and tracked the telecom industry over several years. Thomas K. Thomas, uh, thank you so much for joining us again on the Hindus in Focus podcast. Thank you for making time for us.
0: Hi, right, Jan. Happy to be back again
1: with you. Right. So we're discussing a really interesting topic today, and that's the uh, spectrum auctions that happened last week. Um, overall, I think it's the sixth round uh, of spectrum auctions since uh, 2010, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's And, right. um, you know, uh, just before we start talking about this, talking about um, the 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 spectrum that was bought, who bought it, what the implications are. Um, you know, as somebody who likes to follow issues like this, I often get uh, as a reader bogged down by uh, the various kinds of the bands of Spectrum that are discussed. And I'm not quite sure, you know, which bands are important and uh, what to make of them really. So mm-hmm. perhaps you could just give us kind of a quick reckoner before we start on, you know, when we're reading copies about Spectrum in general, what are the you know, bands of spectrum that a reader should be looking out for as potentially important, not just for the present, but also looking ahead to the future.
0: Right, Jen. I think that's a very good point to start with. And we do get confused uh, with the, the with the frequency bands and spectrum hmm. usage. So, uh, you know, so radio frequency or spectrum bands have been in use for several decades for different purposes. So the three the three big users of Spectrum uh, typically are the Defense. I mean, they use it for signaling and, you know, strategic purposes. So Defense is one of the biggest users of Spectrum. Then you have the satellite in the Department of Space. So ISRO, for example, in India uses a lot of Spectrum for their communications uh, uh, purposes. Uh, the use of Spectrum for uh, mass telecom or mobile services is relatively new. It's... It started off somewhere in the 70s globally. And in, the, in India, we started around the mid 1990s. And at that time, we started with just a 900 megahertz spectrum band. Now, you might ask, why 900? Why not 300? Why not 400? So the way this works is, uh, globally, there are a set of uh, mobile phone manufacturers and uh, manufacturers of telecom equipment. For example, Nokia, Ericsson, Huawei, uh, you know, Qualcomm. So there is a global body of these uh, uh, technology companies. Uh, Under the United Nations, there is a body called the International Telecommunications Union. Mm -hmm. This this body meets frequently and kind of uh, discusses which frequency band can be used for mobile services. And the reason for this discussion is that all the equipment and mobile phones are standardized globally. So when India started using 900 megahertz spectrum band in the 1990s, it was not as if this was something which was in doing, uh, done only by India. This was a global decision, so that is very important to understand. And this is how the uh, how uh, you know how we decide on which spectrum band to be used. Uh, so initially, it was only voice calls, and operators you know could typically use about five megahertz bandwidth. That's all they needed to offer services. But as subscriber base grew and while internet got launched. There was demand for more and more spectrum, uh, you know, uh, for I mean, for use for use. So then uh, other bands came into uh, play. Uh, we start then we started with 800 megahertz. Then the 1800 megahertz came. Then we started using 2100 megahertz, and then 2300 and 2500. So if you look at the current status, there are six bands which are being used, which is 800, 900, 1800. 2100, 2300, and 2500. Now, from, from the user perspective, if I'm a phone user, it doesn't really matter which band I'm getting services on because typically I don't even get to know as a user which band we are, like for example, we are talking on this uh, channel right now. We don't know uh, the, uh, what band uh, our operator is using, right? And that's typically because radio equipment and phones are, have become very efficient to support multiple radio frequency bands. So from a user point of view, it really doesn't matter uh, uh, where you are. Uh, it could matter in a way because uh, you know, some frequency bands are better in terms of providing quality of service. And I'll just explain to you how. And this is also use, uh, important from an operator point of view. So if you know uh, uh, the laws of physics, uh, which clearly says that if you, the higher the frequency band, the lower will be the wavelength. So, what does this mean? So, it means that in if, a, if an operator is using a lower frequency band, what do I mean by lower frequency band? So, I said they would be using six bands, right? 800, 900, 1800, 2100, 23, and 25. So, right. the six bands, 800 megahertz is the lowest frequency band, and 2500 is the highest frequency band. So, you, how do you compare these two now? So, when you uh, for in terms of spectral efficiency, 800 megahertz most spectrum efficiency because this spectrum will have high higher propagation characteristics. What do I mean by that is that if an operator, for example, uses one base station, so you must have seen these large base stations, uh, you know, uh, with uh, you know radios hung, hanging on it, right? So if you use one base stations for an 800 megahertz band. Typically, an operator of using, using say twenty-three hundred megahertz or twenty-five hundred megahertz band will have to add four or five base stations to serve the same geographical area. You know, so typically, what happens is if you use a lower frequency band, your network cost and infrastructure cost will be lower because you will have to put set up lesser number of base stations. The higher the bands that you go. Uh, because, as I said, laws of physics say that higher frequency bands have lower wavelengths. You will have to add more base stations so that whatever data or voice the network carries is uh, propagated across the region uh, without uh, spoiling the quality of service. So, if an operator does not in- invest enough in, say, twenty three hundred or twenty five hundred, there is a chance that the user will start feeling the impact of it in terms of poor call, call uh, calls. So you see call drops happen in some networks or, you know, data network drops suddenly. And the reason for that is the operator has not put enough base stations that is needed for that specific frequency bands. And of course, it also matters the number of users in that area, right? So, as a number of users in a specific area, no matter how many base stations you put, you'll have to keep adding more base stations in that area to uh, cater to that demand. So, but if if you were to look at the you know the six spectrum bands that is are currently under use, so 800 900 are the premium bands. so if you look at if you compare this into real estate, I will say 800 900 megahertz is the center of the city right where and it's premium because it's you know it, it's efficient, the quality is higher and operators can do with lesser capital investment in terms of infrastructure rollout. So if you look at all the auctions, particularly the last one, uh, the fight has been for the sub, it's called a sub one gigahertz band. So 800, 900 are called a sum, sub one gigahertz band. One gigahertz is basically 1000 megahertz. So this is below the 1000 megahertz band. So most of the operators' bids and acquisition in the last auction have been in the 800, 900 megahertz bands precisely for this reason. And this is also ideal for 4G and going forward 5G. And you asked me what, the, uh, what is going to happen in the future. We talked about the sixth band. Now there is a seventh band which India can use. And that is called a 700 megahertz band. Now I said currently it's from 800 to 2500. So in that sequence 700 comes the lowest now. So suddenly you have another frequency band which is lower than 800. So you can imagine the kind of spectral efficiency that 700 megahertz will bring whenever it comes. So that this band is up for grabs. Is can, can be bought by an operator but due to high pricing and auction issues the last auction nobody bought it and we will talk about this uh, in, in, going forward on the auction uh, when we discuss about the auction mechanism and the auction pricing but yeah so this is wh- where we are right now currently using six bands 700 megahertz is waiting to be used very important band uh, and one of the other good things about 700 megahertz is that i mentioned in the beginning that defense and space are big users of frequency bands, right? So if you look at other frequency bands like 900 or 2,500, you will find that defense and space agencies also use this band. So you will not have, uh, you know, contiguous spectrum for uh, use. And But in the case of 700 megahertz, there is contiguous uh, spectrum. What do I mean by contiguous? Contiguous means an operator needs, if you want to do high quality you know, data services. You need a highway, which is say eight lane or nine lane, because you, the kind of traffic that will flow is huge, right? So how do I? Uh, when do I say eight eight way eight lane nine lane highway, it means that the operator needs thirty to forty megahertz together in one frequency band, right? So seven hundred megahertz offers that, right? Because the defense and the space have been asked to vacate that band, and therefore it is fully available for telecom companies to operate on. So this is low in frequency, high efficiency, and it offers enough bandwidth that the operators can get 30 to 40 megahertz each, and thereby they will be able to offer high quality data services using 700 megahertz.
1: Right. Okay. That was a really comprehensive uh, sort of overview of uh, what the spectrum bands are. So in the recently concluded auction, what you're saying is that most of the bids were for the sub 1 gigahertz category, that is 800 to 900 megahertz, but not for the most advanced 700 megahertz category. Is that correct?
0: That is correct. Yes.
1: Right. So is anybody buying um, the spectrum that is above this, um, the sort of the 2500 perhaps that you mentioned?
0: Yes, they are buying because ultimately at the end of the day, uh, any form of spectrum is useful, right? And whatever operators are, uh, whatever spectrum is available, operators uh, will try and buy depending on uh, their current holdings. So, what do I mean by that? So, let's say, let's take the example of Reliance Geo, right? So, Reliance Geo started services in 2016. And when it got the license, it had only 2300 megahertz band as part of the initial allocation, right? So, Reliance Geo if you look at Reliance Geo's portfolio, it comes from a higher frequency band. So that is the reason that Reliance Geo took a while to launch its service. Although it got a license and everything by 2016, uh, way back in, uh, you know, uh, 2010, it took f- four or five years for it to, you know, sort of launch the services. And the reason for that, it was it held a higher, uh, it, it was holding a lot of its frequency bands in the higher frequency, which is a 2300 megahertz band. I mean, so that's, that's the way it, it is. So they got that frequency band. Now, the thing is, as I said that, you know, the more frequency band uh, bandwidth you have in a specific frequency band, the better it is. So if, for example, Jio already has, say, 20 megahertz in 2300 megahertz band. Now, in this auction, what they would try to do is add, say, another 5 or 10 megahertz to that. So 20 becomes 30. It Makes sense for a Jio to acquire 2300 megahertz band because, it already has some holding in 2300. So you can incremental keep on adding so that it will have a larger bandwidth there. So, so similarly operators with holdings in 2100 megahertz band. So 2100 megahertz band uh, typically was being used for 3G services until now, right? So Airtel was using 2100 for 3G services. Now 3G as a technology has been overtaken by 4G. So 3G as a technology has now become a thing of the past. So That frequency band, what they had about 10 megahertz in each circle in that band. So in this auction, if you see, they have increased a little bit there. So operators have bought frequency in the higher frequency band and they will continue to do that, but it will only be incremental wherever they need to, you know, sort of boost their existing services. So for example, in Bombay, it's highly congested. There are a lot of conversations happening. Data traffic is high. So, you know, they may be using 2100 in some part of the city. And maybe they can't do it with ten megahertz, so they'll buy another five megahertz to make it fifteen megahertz, and then start offering a better service. So that's how the operators will pan on the higher frequencies.
1: Right. Okay. Um. So yeah. Uh, the other thing is that this. So I mean, now that we've covered the kind of various bands and how operators look to buy them. Right. The recently concluded auction uh, was described um, even by Business Line as being rather tepid. Um, yes, right. It certainly did not seem to be very competitive because um, all the spectrum that was sold was acquired by companies at the base price, which yes. means that there was no sort of competitive bidding. Yes, uh, among the companies. So, I mean, a couple of questions arise from this now. So, uh, what does this say about the telecom market and its major players, and you know the, the kind of state of play that exists between them? Um, because it does seem like a few years ago there were more players, there was more competitive bidding. Are we left with a scenario now where there lesser players and everyone's trying to hold on to their, their positions.
0: Yeah, that's right. So if you look at, uh, say, a few years ago, there were about seven to eight operators in each state. You know, so if you remember, there was MTS, there was a brand called Uninor, there was Reliance Telecom, there was Tata Indicom. And, you know, mm. there were a whole lot of other players which were there in the market. It was highly competitive. Uh, but what has happened is uh, over the last, uh, you know, five, six years, uh, no, the big one was the 2G spectrum scam, which happened and the Supreme Court sort of canceled all the licenses which were awarded uh, in 2008. So a lot of operators sort of uh, shut down shop and, you know, we lost a lot of operators there. Secondly, you know, telecom is a highly capital intensive business. Uh, you need operators with deep pockets who can invest, you know, billions of dollars and wait for profits, say, 5 years 6 years 7 years after they make the investments right and it's and the margins are very uh, low because india is a sensitive market so you can unlike say the us where you know uh, per per user they make about 30 to 40 dollars per user per month and in india it is probably one or 2 dollars comparatively right so in 2 dollars you have to finance all your uh overhead cost your you know your employee cost your finance your spectrum cost your finance your uh network cost and then you have to make profit out of it with 2 dollars a month from a user right so it's a, it's a very tough business to be in uh so a lot of operators like uh, reliance telecom run by uh, uh, anil ambani uh, i mean it became bankrupt uh, it couldn't and then it was sold off to a lot of his assets were sold off to reliance jio so yes, so currently we are now down to, uh, you know, Reliance Jio is definitely the strongest player in this in the space. Uh, it's got plenty of money. It's got a lot of foreign investments coming in the last six months. So they are the one very strong player ready to ready to you know make a lot of investments and uh, and get into uh, you know ramp up their network. Airtel is still strong. I will consider although they are uh, you know the, uh, they were making a losses till last quarter. But uh, you know, long term, I see them. They, have, in terms of, you know, like for example, spectrum uh, holdings. They are the largest in the country. They have the largest amount of spectrum in the country. Even though Reliance have bid aggressively, aggressive in the last few years, uh, Airtel continues to have one of the best 4G networks in the country. Uh, they continue to have, uh, you know, one of some of the best subscribers because remember they are one of the oldest operators. So some of the, most of the old subscribers who've been on the network for years and years. Continue to stick around with Airtel, and they have not moved on to Geo. So these two operators are clearly, you know, very strong players. Uh, Vodafone Idea, uh, I would say, uh, still has a chance, but it's struggling. Uh, it's in deep losses. The promoters are not willing to, you know, s- uh, sort of spend any more money into the into the uh, into the company. So, uh, and the management has been clearly been told that they have to find their own, raise their own funds. Uh, through internal accruals, through and they are currently going through a fundraising process. So the company itself has to finance all their investments, uh, you know, going forward. So it looks a little difficult for Vodafone Idea, given that we have something like Geo and Airtel in this frame. And the fourth operator is BSNL, um, you know, government company. They will not die. The government will keep it afloat for strategic purposes. Uh, but you know, you one cannot really say that they offer any competition in the market. Uh, it's more of a Niche player; they'll continue to offer services in rural areas. Uh, continue to be strong in, in 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 regions where the private players really don't want to go because it's economically unviable. So that's the space BSN will play. In. So in this context, you I mean we're already talking about two two really strong players, and uh, you know connecting that to the spectrum auction which you talked about, uh, you know obviously it's playing uh, and, in, and and it's having an impact there because if you see the last round of spectrum auction. Uh, only 37% of the total Spectrum available was sold. And that is also because the operators now know that there is not enough, there is no competition and they will just buy Spectrum where they need it. Uh, They will not, unlike say 2010, where there are so many operators bidding for the same resources. They know that it's only between Airtel and Geo, effectively, right? So that's the reason why you see in the Spectrum Everything was sold at base price because there was there is hardly any spec, uh, competition and the the amount of spectrum available uh, for the good actually is is much more than what is required. So we've come a full circle here from a spectrum, spectrally deficient country to a country where you have more spectrum in the kitty, which is good and credit to the government actually that they've not created an artificial. Uh, sort of scarcity by saying that we will only sell, say, a a, a percentage of spectrum and you bid for it rather and instead they have gone and said, you know, this is what I have. So you buy what you want. So credit to the government for not creating artificial restrictions. But there are some other areas, I think, which the government should look at uh, if they want to see more aggressive bidding going forward.
1: Right. Yeah. That, no. That's what I was going to ask. Um, given this sort of lack of competition and lack of competitive bidding, right? Um, does it make sense to kind of redesign the auction process? Has that changed at all from the time that you spoke about when there were kind of more than seven or eight players who were doing this competitive bidding?
0: Yes, absolutely. I think there is a there is a, a you know big big requirement to rethink the auction model because, as I said, you know there were earlier seven to eight operators. There was competition for the resources. Now there's only two players, right? So, uh, uh, and the government has rightly not, uh, as I said, you know, put artificial restriction. They should not. They should sell whatever they have and let operators. But there might be a way, better way of realizing uh, a comp- slightly more, you know, competitive process rather than rather than open auction bid model, where you are expecting operators to bid and counter bid. It will not happen probably anymore. Uh, so one of the ideas that we've suggested is that, you know, you could look at how stress assets are sold in the insolvency and bankruptcy code, right? Where uh, the bids, uh, the bidders are asked to put the best bid just one time. So in this model, what happens is nobody knows what the other guy is going to bid or the, what the rival bid will be like. Uh, so you don't have the option to revise your bid the second time, right? Uh, so something like that may be considered going forward. So, yes, there is a need to revise uh, or rethink on the auction model, considering that there are only two, two and a half, you know, kind of uh, player ecosystem that we currently have. The other thing that the uh, government should look at is in the context of the 700 megahertz, which I spoke about earlier. And this is a big worry because as I explained to you, 700 megahertz is big in terms of, uh, you know, 4G and 5G play. But the unfortunate part is in last two auctions, the entire spec, the whole spectrum, nobody has bought it, and the only reason for that it is that this spectrum band has been priced very high. Now the government knows that this spectrum band is prime real estate, but and knowing that it has probably priced it very high, thinking that the operators will pay a premium to acquire it. But however, the thing is, you must also uh, sort of understand the sector is going through a financial uh, crisis other than geo the other operators are all going through a stress. There is a huge debt of really, uh, you know, about 5 lakh crore that the operators have to pay out over the next many years. We know about the AGR, the Adjusted Gross Revenue ruling, which uh, where the Supreme Court gave. Uh, operators like Vodafone ID are still struggling to figure out how to pay those that those monies out. So when you have a, when you have operators which are still struggling to pay their past dues there is no way that they can cough up this kind of money to buy 700 megahertz band. And what do I mean by this kind of money? Is if you go by the current pricing, the operators will have to cough up 65,000 crore just to own 10 megahertz of spectrum in, in this band of 700 megahertz. And operators typically will need to buy about 30 megahertz of 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 spectrum in this band. So we are talking about you know 1.8 lakh crore per operator to use 700 megahertz band. Now this is completely, uh, you know, it's impossible. I don't think even Jio can kind of put that kind of a pricing. So they need to go back and rethink the pricing of 700 megahertz band, and also rethink the overall uh, auction model.
1: Right. Um, so Thomas, we have we've discussed Reliance uh, Jio and their 5G plans in detail in another podcast. That was also a really interesting episode. And we'll uh, link to this link to that episode along with this one. Um so right, as you did, as you mentioned, Geo emerges the biggest buyer in this round of the auction. And let's kind of just briefly go over what that means for their 5G plans and you know their efforts to gain ground on Airtel, which as you said still has that loyal customer base. It's still um the biggest owner of spectrum in the yeah. country.
0: Yeah, okay. So um yeah, on Reliance Geo, so, uh, so- In this auction, they have acquired about uh, 488 megahertz of spectrum across 800 and 2300 megahertz across all 22 circles. And out of the uh, 71,000 crore bid that the government uh, is going to receive, Jio is committed 57,000 crore of that. So clearly, you know, Reliance Jio was the biggest buyer of spectrum. In the last auction round, and uh, the company has, can pay this money over the next, you know, 15, 16 years, uh, you know, and they, they, they based it, there's also a two-year moratorium. Uh, so, in terms of payment, they're quite comfortably pay, placed. Uh, and uh, and the interesting bit, what they did this time, was they also acquired spectrum in the eight hundred megahertz band, uh, which was basically a spectrum which they acquired from. Uh, reliance communications the anilambani company and that spectrum was about to expire so they have uh, very smartly bought uh, frequency in the 800 megahertz band so now they can use the spectrum band for the next uh, 20 years uh, without having to worry about renewals and uh, you know and things like that so yeah i mean but but even then if you look at the overall uh, spectrum holding Reliance uh, is now. If you look at just the 4G holding, Reliance is number two, and it's overtaken, uh, <coughs> you know, uh, Airtel in this in this regard. Uh, so Airtel, if you look at uh, their pan India 4G uh, uh, spectrum portfolio currently, they hold about 1,400 megahertz in various frequency bands. Reliance Geo is now very close it is now at 1300 megahertz so it's about just 100 megahertz short of what airtel has in terms of overall spectrum holding and it has de- overtaken vodafone idea which is now at around 1100 megahertz vodafone idea barely bought spectrum 11 uh, just about 11 megahertz in this last frequency band so if you look at uh, this in the context of per circle, uh, you know, availability of spectrum and do a weighted average based on the revenue implications. So, uh, as I said, each circle has its own, you know, revenue and business model, right? So, Bombay would be a far lucrative, say, compared to, say, Lucknow. So, if you look at, if you include the revenue and the way they have acquired spectrum and then compare it, uh, you know, so if you look at per circle acquisition, Bharati will be around 64 megahertz per circle, and Geo will be will will has about 60 megahertz per circle, so 64 megahertz per circle for Bharti and 60 megahertz for Geo. So just four megahertz gap there. So what Geo is has done in the last few auction is to decrease the gap between itself and the incumbent operator, which is Bharati Airtel, and it has overtaken Vodafone Idea. You should know that both Bharati and Vodafone have been Offering telecom services for more than 20 years. So all the spectrum that they have has been accumulated over the last 20 years. But GEO started buying spectrum in 2010, started services in 2016, and all the spectrum ownership that they have has been done in the last four to five years. So that's the kind of pace at which GEO is, you know, moving ahead. Within five years, they have come very close to. Uh, uh, you know, catching up with Airtel. So this is going to be a big play when it comes to data services because data needs more spectrum, and the more spectrum that you have, the better quality of data services you'd be able to provide. So <clears throat> with this footprint, they will be able to rebuild capacity advantage, and and anyway, their you know uh, uh, you know their network was facing a lot of constraint because of higher utilization. Uh, They they, they are the only operator which is purely 4G, unlike, say, Airtel, which is also as 2G and 3G. So they were already facing a lot of constraints because of huge amount of data being consumed. So with with the latest round of acquisition, they will be able to rebuild their capacity uh, and and hopefully their uh, services, quality, etc. will improve going forward. Uh, when it comes to Airtel, uh, the kind of, uh, you know, spectrum acquisitions that they have made, they'll be able to improve their coverage in urban areas and also expand coverage in rural areas. And what Airtel has said is that the, 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 the new spectrum acquisition will help it to uh, cater to 90 million potential new customers. Whereas for Jio, what they have said is they will be able to cover 300 million potential new customers with the kind of spectrum that they have. So this is where we are at this point in time. And I think next few months uh, of next few years will be very interesting uh, and to see how these two operators battle it out for
1: India's uh, broadband market. Right. And let's just kind of um, end it there with one question to look forward. Um, When is uh, is the next auction likely to be? And um, I think you've kind of outlined what we have to look forward to in terms of how this plays out between... Airtel and Geo over the next few years, but um, what what between now and the next likely auction, what are the trends that we are likely to see?
0: Yeah, so uh, you know, if it were if it were left to the government, I would say that you could have an auction as soon as next year, because mm-hmm. remember, for the government, the money that they get uh, by selling spectrum, uh, you know, sort of, which mm-hmm. the fiscal deficit. And they continue to see telecom as a major revenue earner. Uh, so yes, if if it if it was left to the government, they would want to do it as early as next year. But uh, I think there will be a rethink on the pricing at least. So it'll go through the process of you know discovery of price. It'll go through the it'll has to goes through consultation process. Uh, it'll go through TRAI. Then it'll go through DOT. Then it has to go to the cabinet. So the entire process. How soon they can do that? we still don't know especially on the 700 megahertz price and i think i think the next auction will be all about 700 megahertz spectrum there is no point now just putting you know more of 2100 more of 2300 uh, more of 2500 again i mean even if they do it will be just incremental kind of auctions you know because see as i mentioned the dynamics of spectrum supply and demand have also gone through a sea change uh, you know multiple auctions have happened over the last few years there's a lot of consolidation among operators in terms of acquisition. This spectrum trading is allowed now, so because of this, there is enough spectrum with the operators. And as I said, there are only a handful of operators, uh, and so you know, so it it is essentially turned into a buyer's market. And operators are likely to acquire spectrum only when they need it. So you know, so so if if the government were to hold an auction another round, it has to be the 700 megahertz spectrum band. Because that's the prime real estate that all the operators want to buy. But it has to be at a highly reduced price. That's the only way that they can enthuse the operators to come and buy.
1: All right. We will uh, we will wrap up uh, this episode here. Uh, Thomas, always fascinating to talk to you and learn more about these issues. Uh, thank you once again for joining us on the podcast today.
0: Thanks for the conversation, Jan. Happy to be here and look forward to the next time.